0: Stay tuned for Love Talk with Evelyn Davidson with special guests Mike Northern and Daniel McGentry. Love talking today about the growth of a city.
1: Hello, this is Evelyn Davidson. We are in studio today, beautiful studio here in Austin, Texas. And we want to thank you for joining us for Love Talk and uh, the bridge in Central Texas uh, Christian Talk. And we're building bridges of love and and leadership, and of course, it's my very favorite person in the world sitting in with us today, and that's Mister D. Hello, Mister D. Howdy. <laughs> How are thee?
2: Hello, out there in Radio
3: Land.
1: <laughs> You're going to be fun today,
3: huh? <laughs> are you really? Yep. Okay. Someone give him his copy.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, um we're glad to talk about ministry today. And what is it? Yeah, that's coming this up?
3: is uh,
2: Pastor's Appreciation Month. Uh, today, we've got uh, two guests with us. Uh, we've got Mike McGinty and, uh, I mean, That's <laughs> Mike That's my
1: dad.
3: <laughs>
2: Mike uh, uh, Northern and uh, uh, Daniel McGinty mm-hmm. uh, from First Baptist Church, Pflugerville.
1: Well, you know, it's, uh, this is a very special time of the year. It is pa- October Pastor's Appreciation Month. I appreciate it. Thank you. And so That's good. <laughs> we want to say, in the studio with us today is, is, is our good friend Mike and um, Daniel. And Well, thank you for coming. Thank you for You know, for I know y'all got yes. more to do than sit across the table and talk to a little crazy lady and, and <sighs> stir up stir up things that uh, people are talking about today. Uh,
2: Mike, we were talking before, uh, before y'all got here. Uh, where did you go to college? Even didn't have that on there, and I was curious.
0: Well, I started at L- Lamar University in Beaumont for uh-huh. a year, and then I went to Oklahoma Baptist University and graduated uh-huh. from there. Uh-huh. And then went on to seminary in Fort Worth.
2: Yeah, Theologi- uh, Southern Baptist, uh, southwestern Baptist theological seminary in Fort Worth. We've known a lot of folks over the years that have gone there.
0: Good school.
3: Excellent school. My wife went there. She got her master's there. Really? Yep. That's yep. Great. Brooke is twice as educated as I am. Mike's
2: been uh, has served as associate pastor of education administration at First Baptist Church Flagerville since 1998, uh, and uh, he just he's really in, actively involved there. He's also involved in the SBTC disaster relief ministry, and uh, I always call Mike our go-to guy at FBC. Well, thank you. <laughs>
1: Well, we also have a younger man here with us today, and that's (laughs) our friend, Pastor McGinty. You know, when I look at you, I just think, my word. You know, the Lord has a sense of humor. You come here looking like I do today, <laughs> <laughs> with a pretty head yeah, on. Yeah, a pretty good-looking good ass. <laughs> with, hey, Mike's and like my ass, ass. Man's the only one with, without but a hat. Y'all can join the team. Uh, Daniel, we're going to talk to you a little bit. You were born in uh, in Japan. and uh,
3: Well, she born in Houston, Texas, so I'm still technically a Texan.
1: All righty. <laughs> well, we want to well, we walk down memory lane and talk about uh, ministry yesterday mm-hmm. and today and how uh, we are really changing in this nation and changing uh, the things that are needed, and we want dialogue about the Lord Jesus that's doing it in Texas, especially atcleville, but tell me a little bit about your background.
3: Well, uh, look to I was born in Houston, Texas, and when I was about two and a half, we my parents flew off Singapore to be trained to be missionaries in Japan, and they, they were there for thirty five years as church planners. Uh, when I graduated high school. I went to college in South Carolina at Columbia International University, formerly known as Columbia Bible College, back in I think in the early 90s. Um, but they're very they were focused on those missions and Bible teaching, and I got a degree in youth ministry there because I had a, at the time had a heart for youth ministry. Mm-hmm. And um, went to youth ministry for a little while after that, and then I went into the academic world teaching Old Testament uh, to middle school students for five years, and journalism to high school students and it was a great experience i learned probably more teaching the old testament than i had done in college i don't know
1: yeah.
3: um and then i ended up doing some youth ministry for a little while and this guy called me and said hey um we kind of invented a job for you do you do you want it <laughs> like yeah i we love your church and we we'd like to be moved back to austin yeah, absolutely so
1: what was that job mike
0: well we uh <laughs> needed someone Take a deep breath. yes we needed someone to handle our branding, our social media, our website, someone who was good with uh, publications and uh, just promoting who we are and what we do, but also we needed someone to work with our singles. So we didn't have a big enough single ministry to hire somebody full-time for that, so we just kind of combined his skills into one Mm -hmm. big uh, ministry set uh, so we could call him to our staff, and he's done an excellent job. How'd so you know
2: he was an expert
0: at all that? Well, he he had worked at our church for a brief time over a summer period before he went to the church that he was at, and uh, so we got to know him for a few months and and uh, helped us with some of that. So you got to
3: try it before you buy it. Yeah. You
0: know, it was pretty good. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, that's
3: right. say we got to get it. to know them. You know, so like, oh, yeah, so we feel pretty good about you.
2: Yeah, <laughs> very good. And your parents
3: were in in Japan 35 years. 35 years. I think I'm doing the math on that, right? And they just now retired from the field, and they're still doing missionary work here in the States, mostly doing deputation right now and also probably going to do some recruiting. Um, as a mission organization, sort of tells them what to do and whatnot. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a big deal. they have been there for a long time. I was
2: only there for about a year during the Korean War. And <laughs> I, I can't imagine being there for 35 years.
3: Well, they lived there more than they, you know, had lived here in the states. Now, yeah. you know, that was that's their home. So it was a <laughs> big change for them.
1: Mike, what about you? How'd you find your way lost, and then, and especially to Pflugerville? And we're gonna be talking about Pflugerville today. That's our big subject.
0: Well, I was serving a church in Texarkana, and uh, actually I had applied to take a position as the director of missions at our association, and, and uh, in the midst of that, Steve called and really wasn't that interested, had his son fixing to go to college, wasn't sure change was right for our, our kids at the time, but uh, he kept tugging on our heart, and we came mm-hmm. for a visit. and. And first thing Steve said to me, our pastor, uh, he says, "Now I know the name of this town is funny, but uh, you'll find a good place of service here." And so it stuck. I've been here over twenty years and had a great ministry in Pflugerville. So.
1: Well, you know, it. Uh, we've been there. Um, gosh, I don't know, sixteen years, honey.
0: I don't.
2: I don't even know for sure. But we had, around fifteen years.
1: We came because right. um, we had grandchildren that we had not spent time with our oldest son had two boys and they were we were deeply involved in in occupation with them and with uh, the whole family and then when our youngest son came along and married uh, it was a little bit different Uh, and so we were um, we were at Hyde Park Baptist Church for 17 years and I served as the women's ministry director and Mm -hmm. Uh, was the coordinator for seven international uh, ministries that we had. And we just came to the point one day when we felt like, you know, we needed to develop a ministry and and get out of all the paperwork and all the things that goes on. And it was nothing wrong. It was just that we had a new vision. And so we moved out to...
2: We had a new vision, but we also had a new... Place to live. We lived at the lake and we wouldn't go back to Hyde Park at night on Sunday night. Oh my goodness. Uh, it was just too far. And uh, by that time, Scooter McCurdy, who was uh, our kid's youth pastor, had gone out to New Hope at uh, Cedar Park uh, as pastor out there. And so we thought this was a good chance for us to move and we moved out there. They had about 60 people uh in church
0: mm-hmm. and
2: uh, when we left there and uh they they and had about t- 600. Mm-hmm. wow they grew a lot and uh, they grew a lot during that period of time and we we take credit for helping because you know, we did
1: but it was a necessity <laughs> we felt like to get closer to our family no because we believe really strong in family associations so christina our oldest uh, our only granddaughter uh, was a freshman in high school and, uh, her little brother was into everything wrong. <laughs> so we felt like that's where God called us. And as, as we went, we went just to rest because we, when we were at Hyde Park, as I said, we started 12 churches. We started those with women's ministries, mm-hmm. Bible studies. Then we moved up to, we did couples things. And cool. once the couple, uh, began to minister in the neighbor, in, in the different neighborhoods, uh, then, the church hired a pastor hmm. and literally built and paid for a church wow. for them to go into the community and so we 've had a long long season of working really strongly and and especially in the inside of the church and hmm. so when we began to pray over some things, we decided that we needed to pour into the life of our granddaughter and uh, Christina is uh one of a kind and she um she has two she has baby she has twins now, a little girl and, and a little boy and twins and we're so excited about that. But you know, we want to talk today about the ministry mm-hmm. in Pflugerville, about Flugerville itself. And uh I you know, Mike, I know you probably know the history of, of Mr. Pflugerville. Van knows a little bit about him. Let's talk about how a community who had a need came together and built this town. It was a tiny little town at the time. How big was Pflugerville when you came?
0: Oh, gosh. Uh, I want to say around 5,000 maybe. Uh, and, of course, we're over 100,000 now. Uh, when the pastor came in 1990, it was even much smaller. And uh, I believe that the church started as a mission church off of First Baptist Round Rock. Mm-hmm. It did, and uh, and just there was a need there. There was no other Baptist church, obviously, for miles around. They were way out in the country, obviously. Then <laughs> nothing but farmland, mm-hmm. and uh, it was pretty much that way when I came. And and uh, so the Lord just began to to speak to a group of people, and and uh, he's he's blessed, and uh, you know now we're much 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 bigger than than that little bitty church that started in the firehouse.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, started in the a, firehouse. What
0: is the population now of Flipperville? You oh, know, it's over 100,000.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I think if you look at the ISD, it's probably over 100,000. I think the city proper, it's close to, like, I think seventy, eighty thousand. 80,000. Oh, really? 000. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the ISD is always, the Flipperville ISD is massive. So I think, it, you know, a lot of times that's a good gauge for the actual community mm-hmm. of the town. Boy,
2: I think when we when we came here in 1969, <laughs> Flukerville, I'd hate to think what the population was. It was it was probably a hundred or
3: something like that. How do you consider it like the greater Austin area even at that point? <laughs> yeah.
1: And it it was primarily agricultural, mm-hmm. uh, and of course yes. when when Round Rock came in, uh, that became commerce and commercial, and it, it changed literally overnight. It seemed like to us, because Vans. Van's office was in Maryland, but we mm-hmm. didn't choose to go there. The reason we want to talk about Pflugerville today is we want to talk about what God is doing in America. Okay. When it moves from from a small community to a major uh, event, uh, a major uh, mm, activity, agency of good for those that are seeking to know the Lord Jesus. So it is time for us to take our break. Let's do that, Van, and we come back. We want to talk about what it is that we are doing in exciting times like these right after this. Thank you, uh, Gavin. We are in the studio today. This is Evelyn with Love Talk with Van Davison, my sweet hubby, and Reverend Mike of Northern and... Mmm, reverend. (laughs) Seems a little formal to use that. Yeah, technically, yeah. (laughs) Never know what to call you, Matt. (laughs) Hey. Uh, But we are having a little fun today talking about how God takes a city and turns that city's heart toward him. And uh, we've been focusing on Little Town which was a little town of Flugerville, Texas, and it's now a thriving uh, metropolis. It's uh, exciting times, of ministry, a place, uh, some wonderful things there. So let's, let's talk about that, Mike, a little bit. Uh, one of the things that came out just recently was a, um, a study about uh, Pflugerville. Flugerville had been uh, majorly um, agricultural
2: majorly Pflugers. Pflugers, yeah. <laughs> yes. And you were, either were a Pfluger then? or you were akin to them. Yeah, right. there,
1: were, there were a lot of Czech people, uh, a lot of different nationalities there. Is that right, Mike?
0: Yes, yeah, so, well, a lot of German influence, obviously. Yes.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, there was a new survey that came out that just recently, about three months ago, that said that Pflugerville, Texas, was the fastest-growing city next to a big city in the nation. So let's talk about that growth, Mike.
0: Well, we've watched the growth over the years, and one of the things that occurred to us is we needed more churches. So we began the process of trying to help start more churches. Of course, other denominations and faith systems began to, to come in too and see the same thing we did. But the other thing it brought was a lot of social ministry needs, uh, people who were hurting uh We began to have more lower-income people because lower-income housing was available. We began to have more grandparents moving here for their grandkids. So we had to start developing ways to reach people where they were in their life station. Mm -hmm. So we upped the ante on our pantry. It used to be a little closet. Now it's a whole big old double-car garage. And and, uh, we we feed thousands and thousands of people uh, a year out of that. Food pantry that's mainly supported by our church uh, directly. Uh, In fact, it's led by a retired pastor named Ted Bosworth, Mm -hmm. and he averages 30 salvations a year leading people to the Lord of all different uh, races and religions. And uh, we just love people and want to help them all that we can. So uh, that whole process of the town growing brought things to us that we never had before. In fact, I rarely heard of any crime in Flugerville when I first few years I was there. <laughs> it began to grow as a town group. It's a natural thing. So that's kind of the great thing to watch is God presented us other ministry opportunities.
3: And the demographics really have changed in the town. <clears throat> One, because you know, Austin has become such a desirable place to live. It's also become an incredibly expensive place to live. And mm-hmm. so Pflugerville has, become, has been growing so much because there's actual land to, to develop. Um, and to build houses relatively cheap compared to the Austin area, and so Pflugerville has predominantly been a huge growth area for your your solid middle class, especially uh, east of uh, um, the 130 toll road. And just they can't build enough houses out there. We live kind of close near the lake there, Lake Pflugerville, uh or some people call it Pond Pflugerville uh, <laughs> oh, really? But yeah, it's got three mile loop around right it, so I guess it's a lake. But it's just, they are just building houses at their right and left. They're just exploding.
2: And it was built
0: because the, the growth was happening so fast, they could not maintain the water supply mm-hmm. with the, with yeah. the old, uh, old manual yeah. water. Old manual water, and plus the, the wells that they had. Yeah. And, you know, so you're right, the Pflugerville has grown. And we had the land, but we were a bedroom community. It was all rooftop. The taxes mm-hmm. were yes. green. We didn't have a lot of businesses. We didn't have shopping centers. Yes. We've got all that now. I mean, four high schools. we got a Costco. Oh, come on now. Yeah. <laughs> We've, arrived. We've arrived. We have a Costco. We're
1: sound people.
0: <laughs> yeah, me too. But. Yeah, we do both. So.
1: Well, you know, when you look at it, uh, and you came, uh, what, 20 years ago? Is that what you said? A
0: little over 20 years ago, yes. Uh,
1: it has changed majorly. Uh, in, not only in in the people who are there, but the people who are coming into the community yes, ma'am. and uh our 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 motto our goal for a number of years now is to live uh big and uh live bold um, and part of that was to build a new church, build a sanctuary building let 's talk about that building Mike. um It's far beyond anything that we need right now. Is that right?
0: Well, obviously we're not filling it up. Uh, There are more churches for people to pick from. Mm -hmm. But I have talked to many people who do come to our church. After they come to our church, they say it doesn't compare in spirit and welcomeness to any other church, as Mm -hmm. well as how well our pastor preaches the Word of God. It makes it... uh, Breathe life into it—something you can take home with you and begin to do mm-hmm. that day—and that, and that's kind of an exception, and we're and also very conservative in in our stances of what God's Word says to us to do as, as Christians. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, when you look at it, uh, it, it not only serves as a church—a place of worship, a ways of praise, a ways of education uh, with children ministries like we have—but it is an available facility to be used for other things
0: we have we have offered the facility to other uh, venues uh, even the city uh, it uses it from time to time sometimes the schools
1: in fact uh, this
3: weekend uh, matt downing our youth pastor had a huge national event um, in in our sanctuary called dare to share live dare to share is a national organization and on dare to share live teens across the nation were doing a simulcast getting training on how to do evangelism in the afternoons they went out and actually evangelized in, in the community um, and so our church was sort of the, the hub for the Austin area for all the youth groups in the area to come there and experience this event, get fired up and go out there into the community and get canned food donations and to actually evangelize to people door to door You know, I don't know how many people do that but it's pretty awesome that see teenagers doing that kind of thing
2: yeah, I don't know where we need to talk to talk about it but uh, their outreach that we have uh is uh, I haven't never heard of anything uh as drastic as that is.
3: <laughs> drastic
0: yeah, well, <laughs> hey, because we have so many, so many so many subdivisions. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh
1: there, there, the there is no basic downtown for Flugeville. Other than just the main Pocahontas Street, is that right?
0: Well, there's a small little section left of some of the original buildings, but there really is not. Yes. Yeah. If you
3: blink, you'll 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 miss the downtown of uh, Pflugerville, because the real downtown of Pflugerville is basically the Stony Hill area now. Yeah. You know, the whole yeah. Stony Hill shopping, the one thirty and forty five intersection, is just blown up. And that yeah. is the the epicenter of town. Yeah. Uh,
1: when you look at where we are right now in regard to the ability to serve others, uh, and not measure that with numbers or with um, physical space. Pflugerville is in the apple of God's eye, I think. Hmm. I think it's in a place that uh, has structure, that can support and um, and not just maintain, but really um growth in an area that we've not seen since Round Rock came
0: up. Well, I tell you, Pflugerville is always, it was known as a bedroom community, but it's also been known as a very family-oriented community.
2: Mm -hmm. Yes, very true. And
0: it still is, even though it's growing tremendously, they still hang on to that. Well, that brings a certain amount of values that families have, no matter where they are religiously or politically, that brings a certain thing to the table that we can rally around. and, And sometimes we use that as a way to be able to talk to people about the Lord Jesus
1: well we're, we're focusing on the city of Pflugerville because it has made a drastic flip in in family relations in entertainment uh, in all those things that help build uh, families and build a church or build organizations and so we know that there are a lot of things Mike that are very very close to your heart and you too Mike uh, Daniel, those are the things that we want to talk about today is what difference does First Baptist Church, Pflugerville, make in this town called Pflugerville? Let's name some of those things and talk about them.
0: Well, our biggest ministry, of course, one of our, one of our biggest, is, as I mentioned already, is our food pantry. But uh, we also do something called Backpack Friends, and I'm going to let Daniel speak a little bit. He knows a little bit more about that than I do. But yeah, tell uh, about back,
3: our... <clears throat> Backpack Friends, it started as a – I'm trying to know where it started because Tom Cotter is really the expert on this and kind of runs school it. school
0: district asks us to adopt yeah. a school and Basically adopt feed.
3: schools and provide backpacks full of food for kids who weren't getting meals on the weekends. And our church kind of started as a hub for that, and some of the churches contributed for a little while, but really we were the main – People doing it year to year and taking on the lion's share, which is fine. Uh, a lot of people had a passion for it, and Tom was running it. Um, and there's some—I don't know if I'm allowed to say yet—that some of the big changes yet coming back, back friends. I think it's official at this point, right?
0: Uh, I, I'm not sure how much it's been announced, but it's fixing to expand. Let's put it yeah, that it's, way.
3: Yeah, it's about uh, to expand greatly under, let's put it under that Tom's
0: way. leadership. Though. So he's
3: done some amazing things that a lot of people really believed in. So that ministry is about to just blow up. Uh, in a good way. Uh, I'll leave it at that. and Maybe you can bring Tom in and he can talk more about it.
1: Yeah, we'll have Dr. Steve. We're doing pastors this month and ministries. And ministries is not just what goes on in the church.
0: Well, one of the other ones that we are very involved with is our Pflugerville Pregnancy Resource Center. Yes. And uh, mainly we we try to uh, bring ladies and families in who need to know more of the options available to them beyond abortion Mm -hmm. and to educate them a little further and let them make the choice. Some people think we force them or we talk them into something. No, we just tell them the truth. and They make their own decisions. And if they need help and uh, be able to keep that baby, we'll walk them through that process of helping them, and there's all kinds of ways. And there's been hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands, of people go through that center. Who knows how many babies' lives have been saved.
3: And they can just get loved on too. I mean, it's oh, it's excellent. there's no condemnation there. It's just open arms. Mm-hmm. They get loved on and accepted and you know, when they see that ultrasound of their baby, it's it's just it's powerful. It you is. You know. It, is. it really well, is. Well, you
1: know, recently, uh we were um, protesting protested uh, at that particular center and out of that came some really uh, interesting things and uh, I want us to talk about some of those in a small town a small town that's a big town now how the influence of the outside influence comes in in the picture we do need to take a break let's do that we come back we're talking with uh, two pastors today and we're picking hearts to look at the details of what it is it takes for God to speak to a city to a nation and to, even to a state right after this, Gavin. Thank you, Gavin. This is Evelyn Davidson. In the studio is the light of my life.
2: The light of your life. Yes. I've never been called that <laughs> well, You're call my Jesus, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, close he to keeps, it. <laughs>
1: he keeps me out of the dark, guys, for sure. Well, we are excited today to have uh, Daniel McGinty and Pastor uh Mike Northern. Mike Northern. I was waiting for you to say that. You're supposed to help me with this uh, in the studio. And we're talking about a unique thing that has happened in the last 20 years of how God has taken a city that was just a cornfield or grainfield. Right, Van?
2: Grain, yep.
1: And has turned it into a major place where God is moving and, and reaching people, and, and it's exciting to be a part of that. But, uh, you know, this week, uh, my we have had a major disaster here in our own area. Up at uh, the rainfall that has come through the the river situation above Austin, uh, washed out a bridge at Kingsville. Mm. Or is it Kingsland? Yeah,
3: in Kingsland, yeah. 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 The uh, 2,900 bridge years. is gone
1: one of the one of the big things that that you have birthed and have uh, nurtured in this city and, and in Austin area, even around, is the disaster relief team. Let's talk about what that is, why it is important for a church to be involved in that and how we see God working.
0: Well, disaster relief is people going to other areas that have had some sort of disaster. And try to help those people. We don't charge them for the work we do. We just go and love on them and say that there really is hope, even though it looks like you've lost everything. Mm -hmm. And so we train our people to go out. And we do that through an organization, through our Southern Baptist Disaster Relief Network. Almost every state uh, has a disaster relief network. Uh, So like when Hurricane Florence hit, Mm -hmm. many states between us and Florida went to their rally. And then when Michael came through, some of those states had to pull out. And like, So now our state convention is going to South Carolina and running the command center. In fact, they emailed me last night wanting me to go to South Carolina in a couple of weeks to, to help run that command center. But we do things like take care of their children while they're standing in line at FEMA. We, take, we clean out their houses, whether it's mud or shake down chainsaws. We, we feed them. We have a trailer at our church that can do 40,000 meals a day. And that's nothing fancy. It's just dumping heat. But yeah, but yeah. it gives them something to eat and gives them a little hope and gives us an opportunity to love on them. So our people have an opportunity to really get in there and get get their hands wet, get their hands dirty, uh, feeding people and helping people right where it's at instead of just sitting in the pew at church. They get outside those walls.
1: Well, you know, when, when you've got... Uh, a a group of people that have a heart for serving the Lord Jesus first, and then others. God gives you many opportunities to do that.
0: Yes, ma'am. And, and locally, we, we may have an opportunity locally. We we have set up our kitchen at least three times with other floods, mm-hmm. and I'm really on my edge just waiting for Red Cross to call us to come mm-hmm. set the kitchen up here again.
3: Yeah, I remember when the when Wimberley flooded, that massive flooding out there. Y'all enabled my young adults to go up there. At, you know really quickly, and you know without a whole lot of red tape or whatnot to go up there and just make a big difference in cleaning out these houses that just got destroyed. it was a great experience for them uh, to get to serve and make a real difference in these people's lives for sure
1: well we've talked a lot <clears throat> about how it is we serve, how it is that we go out there and and build on what it is that that God has in a, in a town like Flugerville. you know when when God has a a plan and and his people pick up that plan and begin to see things from his point of view. Things begin to have to change, right? No
0: mm-hmm. doubt they do. And you know, we've mainly talked about ministries that really exist outside our church, mm-hmm. outside of the walls. Uh, don't get me wrong; the worship services and the Bible study classes are great. They inspire us. They fill us up. Mm-hmm. But our real work is out there in the world. Right. And uh, because Fruitgrowers has grown so much. Uh, I see your notes here. It says 26 new subdivisions. Mm -hmm. We've had to develop a a ministry called Community Connect in order to try to touch those people's lives because they don't drive by our church anymore. They live way on the other side of town. Mm -hmm. So Daniel can tell you a little bit more about the specifics of how this works, but it's been very effective for almost two years now. Yeah.
3: About two years ago, Pastor Steve was driving through one of the neighborhoods, and he realized, I don't know this neighborhood. I don't think I know anybody that lives in this neighborhood. We need to reach these people. We need to minister to them and not in a way that's like, hey, come to our church. You know, there's nothing wrong with that, inviting people to church. But he really has a specific burden just to minister to people where they're at. So he came up with this idea, which we kind of called Community Connect. And the idea was we put together these teams uh, that go out each week to minister to people. So the first week in a month, a group will go out and just prayer walk over that particular neighborhood. In fact, one of the, the people watching us live right now, Stephanie Fletcher, she helps organize these maps and these routes for people so they know exactly where to go, and it's real helpful, super specific. And so the first week, someone will go out, and they'll a prayer walk with, with a buddy. And then next week, we call it the prayer walking team. Next week, the distribution team will go out, and they'll hang up these little flyers on the doors with information about our various different ministries, about how we can help them or serve them and what what have you. And then the third week... We have our discovery team goes out, and they'll knock on people's doors and say, Hey, last week we put some information on your door. Do you have any questions? And uh, and they say, Well, we don't have any questions. We just say, Can we pray for you? And that usually opens up the door, so just the ministering to people. We don't necessarily try to promote a church to come to it. It's more about just meeting people where they're at, ministering to them, and not really – we don't want to invade their lives too much. We know a lot of soliciting happens at doors. (laughs) In our neighborhood, it's crazy. How much solicitation happens, so we don't we want to respect people's privacy and their time as much as possible. Um, we don't want to be too intrusive, but we also just want to meet people where they're at uh, and then so while the the discovery team goes out, there's another team called the intercessory prayer team and they stay at the church and then lift them up in prayer and just ask God to create those opportunities for them. And so we have these four different teams for really four different kinds of people, or you can do all of them if you want to, but it enables lots of different people to kind of get involved with one mission.
0: Where God may have So me. if you don't want to talk to people at a door, you yeah. can walk the street. So pray, for those you know. introverts
3: out there, you know, the idea of knocking on the doors of strangers terrifies you. You know, we've got prayer walking teams and distribution stuff. There's plenty of opportunities for you, and, and everyone has different strengths. And this kind of format enables people to use their different strengths and leanings for that.
2: How many of those people uh, get upset with you because you came to their door?
3: So far, none. Uh, maybe one time a church member That's knows you. That's
2: good. <laughs> Actually, sometimes I'm pretty ugly to some of those people
3: coming to my door. Well, I think if, you know, sometimes you have someone advertising something at the door. <laughs> well, I, I understand it. You know, so I'm having sitting down having dinner with my family, right. and, and it's chaos. because so we have four kids, and they're all the oldest is five, and someone comes knocking on the door trying to sell me a vacuum cleaner, and I'm like, oh, sorry, no, thank you. I thought you was a UPS guy. And if they're pushy. That's not a good impression. Well, so we, that's not what we want to do.
2: We you know?
0: do train people to be non-aggressive. Right. So yes. Questions that apply to them. Did you get the information? Any questions? Can we pray about something? We yeah. leave it in their court. If it does not right. go any further, right. we walk we've away. We prayed over that house. We'll walk right. away and see what God can do. Yeah.
1: Right. You know, it is amazing what he does with just a little bit, Mike. Yes, ma'am. Uh, probably 30 years ago in Austin, 30, 35 years ago, uh. We, this month, we are celebrating 34 years of live, our tape, wow. uh, love talk, which is what we're doing here, and just sit down, dialogue, you know, the things that our hearts took. We had a prayer thing going where we had a young man who came to town, and uh, he said, uh, we need to go uh, soul saving. Well, we didn't, I didn't have any idea what he was talking about. He raised some money, we bought a billboard, and on that billboard we put one statement, I have found it.
3: Hmm.
1: I have found and it. And the phone number. And the phone number.
3: Hmm. Intriguing.
1: And, uh, very much so. And within two weeks, we had more appointments to go back to hmm. talk to people who were really interested in knowing what the Christian life is all about. Interesting. Very interesting. Hmm. Basically, this initiative that we have going on calling on doors is the same thing.
3: Yeah, no doubt.
1: It's that opportunity to open the door, to uh, not to just ministry, not to just worship, but to the very presence of the living God.
0: Hmm. Well, even if people don't, they say they don't believe in God or they're not interested in Christianity or Mm -hmm. Baptist church. God's still working on their heart. They Absolutely. don't know it, but he's still yeah. working on their heart. And we just try to place ourselves in a position that if God gives us an opportunity to take it the next step as he's cultivating his love in their heart. Uh, but if we just sit in the pews and never get out there, uh, we'll never reach those people.
3: Yeah. And you know, a lot of churches, in and I've seen this, get really caught up in sort of making Sunday morning like Like the Super Bowl. Like, hey, if we can just funnel and get everything and everybody to Sunday morning, because that's where the real thing happens. That's Mm -hmm. where church happens. That's when church happens. That's when Jesus shows up and the Holy Spirit's present. No, church happens really more outside of it. I mean, Sunday mornings is more for believers and for us to be encouraged and challenged to get out there and be Jesus Mm -hmm. in the community. And, you know, so Sunday mornings is very important uh, as much as going out. And our Sunday mornings have changed very drastically recently. Uh, so we have a massive... Let's talk th- about that, Mike. I, I would love to talk about that. So our we have a sanctuary that we built for growth in mind. And it seats about 1,000 people. And, uh, and the idea was for us all to go in there. And we developed two different services, contemporary and traditional. But um, it's hard to do. You can't really do... Those both at the same time because they're very different. very different. It appeals to two different crowds, you know, and uh, and that's a good thing. You're able to reach more younger families and in youth and stuff through contemporary service. And then those who kind of grew up on hymns and whatnot, the traditional service really speaks and ministers to them. And so we had these two services at two different times going on, which made our sanctuary feel very empty. And if you go to an empty mm-hmm. venue, it's discouraging. You know, our church was much bigger than it felt like when you show up on Sunday mornings. And so Pastor Steve came with this idea of what if we had two music services at the same time, two praise services, and we all came together for the sermon. Because we had our old sanctuary, which was the multipurpose building. So he pitched the idea of us having the traditional service in the multi- in the multipurpose building, really decking it out and making sure it was really nice. And then ha- having the contemporary service in the newer facility in the in the, uh And our larger one Mm -hmm. uh, at the same time. And then when it came time to combine for the sermon, the traditional crowd would walk, you know, it was about 100 feet, you say, maybe 200 feet. They're really close together into the main sanctuary during the meet and greet time. And to all be together for the sermon, but all to be together for baptisms, all together for baby dedications, and for our tithing time, and for our invitations. So we're all there together as one big family. And it has been amazing it's been a logistical nightmare. Don't get me wrong. We've had to tweak and figure this thing out. It's, it's been fun, you know. Uh, but it's brought us all together, which has been great.
1: Well, we want to talk a little bit more about that. We take our break. We need to hear from some of those people that pay for you to be here. Hey, Make they're important. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for Mr. be. No, we are, we are so proud of our sponsors. And um, we just want you to stay tuned. We want to talk when we come back about what it is that we can do to bring this nation to a point that they listen to God right after this. Stay with us. Thank you, Gavin. And, and thanks to you for joining us today. We are in studio with, with two pastors uh, that uh, are very close to us and daring, and, and they are pastors at First Baptist Church in Pflugerville, Texas. We've been talking today about how God can take uh, just one Body, one church, and begin to change a city. Just take one message and make that message universal. And so, Mike, when we've been talking, Vicente um, just took us to through this thing of what the difference in worship is at at, yes, at FPC, because normally uh, it, it's always been uh, you come, you go to Sunday school, then you come to worship. And you have praise and music, both kinds. And the need today is so different in the music area that it makes it difficult for the older folks to be in a worship manner. Is that a good expression?
0: Well, yes. Music is, can be a great divide if you let it be. Uh, God likes it all, quite yes. frankly. Uh, especially if it's music that's honoring him and pointing people to him. So, we stopped fighting that we We had the ability to give each group what they wanted and so we we did that and it really has opened up a lot of doors uh for people coming and and being able to express themselves through music the way they want, but then also join together with everyone to to hear the uh, worship through the preaching of the word. Mm-hmm.
1: And that's
0: working, right? Yes, ma'am, it is working. Uh, yes, we have people that complain about this and that. Uh,
3: Mostly those, the biggest concern we had moving to this format was mobility issues. So uh, the main reason why we had the contemporary service in the, the newer sanctuary was the idea of um, for the future. So, you know, as time goes, the area where there's going to be the most growth would probably be young families and things. It just That's the nature of life. Uh, and so the traditional service was in the MPV, which is a multi-purpose building, where it <laughs> used to be. And the choral music actually sounds better in there. Yeah, no, the acoustics better, are much better. Are yes. Phenomenal. I mean, yes. I grew up, I'm going to admit this right now live. I was a choir boy, okay? Mm-hmm. I was in the choir for a number of years, and I can tell it sounds awesome in there. Um, and so it's just, it's just so full and so rich. Uh, but the main concern was having the traditional crowd in there. There's some mobility issues. Some people who, it's a challenge when they get up and move one place. Uh, to move over there, but it's not really been that much an issue because we're so the the buildings are so close together, mm-hmm. and they're not actually having to move any more than they normally do, uh, because of the way we've arranged our grow groups and whatnot, uh, to accommodate for that some, which is our Sunday school. Uh, and so, you know, the, the challenge is always, can we get two different music pastors to finish at the same time? You know? <laughs> <laughs> can we get? We don't
1: even <laughs> wait on Tom Can we get? It, we just go. Can we get
3: Daniel Reclue and Tom Cotter to finish? At the same time, they do an amazing job getting in pretty stinking close. And uh, they they get sure that Tom's wrapping up at the same time that Daniel is so they can walk into the fellowship time. And then Pastor Steve starts talking. The biggest problem we have is getting people to stop fellowshipping so Pastor (laughs) Steve can start preaching. (laughs) People have such a good time talking. Well, (laughs)
0: don't run down our coffee bar. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. great. I tell you, uh, I would encourage any people who are part of other churches in the area to just to stop and take a look at your situation and don't say we can't do that Mm -hmm. get in there and look at it and say what could we do What how could we tweak it a little bit how could we make a few adjustments to accommodate to reach some of the people in our area that we're not reaching Mm -hmm. and that's what we had to do it wasn't comfortable for some of us uh there were some challenges there (laughs) but but god spoke to us and uh and I think uh, eventually he's going to bless it in a big way.
3: And the big payoff really was the fact that we get to all be together. That sanctuary feels full now. Yeah. So when Pastor Steve is preaching, yeah. it's full. And when he's he's going through an illustration or hitting something home, the the effect of us all being together is just everything feels magnified. Mm-hmm. There's more energy. There's more encouragement. And the fantastic thing is a lot of our young families are now, like, rubbing shoulders with the older generation. Mm -hmm. They're meeting and greeting with people they would never get to talk to as a result. So, yeah, they have two separate music services, but it's brought tremendous unity to our church as well. Under God's word, sharing baptisms at the same time, celebrating those big moments all together, celebrating child dedications, celebrating new members coming forward. And we have new members coming forward like every Sunday it feels like right now. It's amazing.
0: Well, we've been talking a lot about our, our particular church, but don't get me wrong. Any church can do any of the things that we talked about. Yeah. It may be on a different scale, yeah. bigger or smaller, but you can do it. Pick If you've got to pick one because you're smaller, pick one.
3: In fact, I'll just say right now, if you are a church out there and you're hearing this and you're interested in maybe doing something like this, please contact us. We'd be happy to help walk you through some of the things we've learned from this. In fact, we've already had churches contact Pastor Steve and say, hey, we're thinking about doing the same thing. We're hearing about what you're doing down there in Pflugerville um, and we kind of like to explore that as well. So if you are a church out there and you're thinking about this as a solution to two simultaneous praise services,
0: please come and call us. Let me give one quick promotion. Something that every church can do It's called Operation Christmas Child. You fill up a shoebox full of gifts for children, mm-hmm. and over 120 boxes are sent to over 100 countries every year. It's run by Samaritan's Purse, run by Franklin Graham, Billy Graham's son. You can find that at SamaritansPurse.org. Read about that. Uh, You can bring your box to our church. We have it shipped off to the appropriate places. Uh, It will be a blessing to your church, to your families. So you can read more about that. Call us if you have any other questions.
1: Well, I want to thank you guys for being here. Uh, As I said earlier, this is an unusual program for us to uh, put together. But one of the reasons that I've been so burned about it is Seeing people who really don't know where their place in life is, mm-hmm. seeing, hearing from people that want to know what it is to be a Christian, want to know what it is to, to have a family or somebody close to them. And within First Baptist and Pflugerville, it is divided into areas where people can seek comfort. Is that mm-hmm. right, Mikey? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and in that regard, uh, it gives you and it gives us an opportunity to pay back to the communities. Hmm. Because that building is not only used for worship, but it's used for concerts and a lot of other things. And God was in the middle of starting it, and he's in the middle, in the middle right now of developing it. But, you know, nothing is nothing's possible, Mike, without the love of the Lord Jesus. Yes. And it is so important for us to know that God has a message hmm. for this time in life. He has a message for each one of us. What is the church's message, basically, in regard to believers who are living the Christian life back and as we see it today?
0: Well, you've said this uh, many times, that God's not only in the business of changing cities, but He's in cha- changing hearts. And the reason we need a heart change is because God created us to fellowship with him, and he loves us. Mm -hmm. But there's this thing that we call sin, which is really anything we do that God doesn't agree with. And when that's in the way, you can't fellowship and and get God's love like you can. So Jesus came along. He died to pay the penalty for that sin. And now you have a free gift. All you have to do is confess, Jesus, I need you. Because my sin separates me from God. Mm -hmm. So today, if you're out there and you've never prayed and said, God, I need you in my heart. Mm -hmm. I need you in my life. I want God's love. I need Jesus in my heart. You can do that. You just simply ask Jesus to come into your life and make you a new person and put away that sinful life and try to live for him. So we invite you to do that.
3: Absolutely. And when we sometimes we use certain church phrases to explain things. And when we ask you to invite Jesus into your heart, we, we think about what your heart represents. Your heart is the seed of your desires. It represents Absolutely. what you want and what you, what you want out of life. And when you ask Jesus into your heart, you're saying, Jesus, I want what you want. I want to desire what you want because right now my desires are out of whack. They're getting me into trouble. I'm seeking after things that are destroying my life. They're breaking my relationships with other people. And they're destructive. Sin is destructive. Sin is anything that hurts me or hurts other people. That's why God hates it, because he's a God of love. And he wants your life to be filled with love and filled with right things that are good for you. And so when we ask, when we invite you to ask Jesus in your heart, we're saying, let Jesus, as Carrie Underwood said, take take the wheel, as cheesy as that
0: is.
1: Yeah. Let him be the Lord.
0: Well, him... If you don't hear anything else today, hear that message that God loves you. Absolutely. And he has he a have.
1: plan for your life. Yes, ma'am. And it's and then... so
0: easy to talk
2: to him.
1: No uh, I have
2: a grandson that asked me uh, a good while ago, Granddaddy, how do you talk to Jesus? I said, you just talk to him like you're talking to me. Yeah. And I said, you tell him what you need, and you tell him thank you for what he gives you.
1: Absolutely. And
2: I said, it's just like talking to anybody else. Absolutely.
1: When, when we think about those that are listening today, uh, they run from Austin, Texas, Uh, all around the world back to Austin Hmm. because we're on the web, uh, we're on Facebook, uh, we're here um, on FM and AM. And the joy of doing this doesn't come from our just doing something. Hmm. It comes from knowing that Jesus Christ is the Lord of light, that he gives life and he gives love. Hmm. And when we come to that point in our life and realize that we cannot get that any other way in life. It is an eternal gift brought by Jesus Christ. And he wants us to take it and use it that we might be just exactly what he's designed us to be. And right. so as as we look toward that today, uh, I would ask you, have you ever done that? Have you ever in your life said, God, I want to know you. I want to know what Evelyn's talking about. I want to know what Pastor Mike's talking about. I want to know what McGinty's talking about. And above all things, what Van Davison has just shared. Lord, we, we want to come to you right now and ask you to make yourself known to those that are seeking and searching, searching for the answers to the issues of life. Yeah. We know that it's the love of the Lord Jesus. We know he said, I have a plan for you for eternity. And he's preparing that eternity for us. So, Father, for this today, we thank you and we praise you and give you honor and glory in the Lord Jesus' name. I want to say thank Amen. you to to all of you for joining us today. We, uh, we'd love to send you a Bible if you need one. Uh, go to our website, www.lovetalknetwork.com. And, or you can call us on the love line, and that is 512-249-6535. 512 249 In the meantime, this week, why don't you take some time apart and examine your heart and see what it is that God wants you to do to be a part of a church, part of a city like, like uh, we've talked about today. So take, take some time to run through the things that we've talked about and give us a call on the love line if you need to talk. Have a wonderful week as you learn to love talk and love walk with Jesus.